Holy shit. Well, I hope I got your attention because some crazy stuff has transpired since our last episode. Crypto market has been pretty steady. Uh, Today is July 5th, 2022, and Bitcoin is currently trading at 20389 while Ethereum is $1,144. Um, but Stephen, as you know, prices have remained fairly uh, calm, and there's, uh, there's still a lot of chaos around the marketplace. So today we're going to talk about a concept that I don't know jack shit about, and Stephen knows everything about, called butt plugs. Nope. Just kidding. It's called Bitcoin maximal, uh, maximalism. Say it for me, Stephen. <laughs> Bitcoin maximalism. In the context of some drama that's been happening on Twitter uh, between, uh, between a guy named Nick Carter, uh, not Backstreet Boy Nick Carter, a different Nick Carter. He doesn't uh, use the K in his name, Nick. And a swarm of angry Bitcoiners known as Bitcoiners. Um, so I guess right out of the gate, Stephen, uh, Nick Carter, not of Backstreet Boys. Uh, who is that guy, and and why is he getting into some beef with Bitcoiners? Uh, yeah, so so Nick is a a very well known VC in the crypto community. He's become uh, really well known for his writings and podcast interviews about Bitcoin, especially. He's supported the coin for many years now. Has taken mm-hmm. the fight to. A number of parties over the years who have attacked Bitcoin uh, for from from various angles. Recently, he he really became famous for taking up the mantle and defending Bitcoin against the people who were attacking it over uh, climate change concerns, especially. Uh, last week, though, he he made an announcement that he had uh, made a venture investment in a non-Bitcoin project, and he was heavily criticized on Twitter. By a swarm of uh, angry Bitcoin maximalists. This prompted Nick to write a piece on Medium titled Setting the Record Straight. And in this piece, Nick, uh, he, he came down pretty hard on these guys. He, he roasted the Bitcoin maxis and he set off a larger debate in the community, uh, community about Bitcoin maximalism and whether it is a good or a bad thing for the, the Bitcoin community uh, uh, as a whole. So, so that's what we saw last week there. Is it uh, a poor choice to anger the Bitcoin community? Like, do you need them on your side? Or is it like a, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, as established as you can be, is it, is it uh, not really an issue? Depends on, I guess, how you define uh, the Bitcoin community. I think it's kind of like a lot of other communities on Twitter where there's just a few like really angry, nasty people. And they give you the illusion that there's this giant mob of, of consensus out there that hates you and this thing that you're saying. Uh, but in, in reality, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of, it's not the whole community. There's a lot of people who like Bitcoin who, who aren't really nasty and, and, and toxic like these guys. Uh, Nick, Nick clearly doesn't give a, give a damn about making them mad. And he's doing a, a whole interview tour this week. I, uh, I saw he's, he's on a oh, really? big Ethereum podcast today, uh, dunking, uh, more on these people. Um, yeah, I mean, are, are, you, are you familiar with, I'm guessing you've never heard the term uh, Bitcoin maximalism before and it, it prob- probably means nothing to you, right? It, uh, no, I've, I've heard of, um, uh, no, I, I haven't. I was trying to think if there was anything relatively <laughs> close, but no, I'm, uh, that is, that is a term that is uh, 
brand new to me. Yeah. So, I mean, Bitcoin maximalism is this thing people sort of get familiar with once they get into crypto Twitter, I think, especially like if you just buy the coin on Coinbase and you go about your day, you never really think about this. But uh, once you start actually participating in discussions and following all the people on Twitter, you you start seeing this uh, term come up as a as a newer investor. Um, and you probably think to yourself, well, wh- what does this mean? Why do I care? Is this even that big of a deal? And it, it, the reason it's a big deal is because, um, well, first off, as an investor, you've you got to know that investing in crypto is not like investing in stocks and that right. stocks are kind of these companies that just sit there and they're, they're just like these money-making entities. But cryptos are like, they're, they're cults. They're like religions. Like each coin has its own tribe of like people with laser eyes on their their, their, their Twitter accounts, who if you mention like the, their little magic coin in one of your tweets and then you put some bad words after it, they, they descend upon you like this, this swarm of angry hornets and they, they, they really go at you. And some communities are a little more toxic than others. And if you, if you don't really get this concept, you kind of get into crypto and you're like, whoa, what the heck is, what the heck is going on here? Um, Bitcoiners are really notorious for this. They've been really bad about it in the last year or two, especially, I think. Mm. Um, what Bitcoin maximalism is, sort of broadly speaking, I mean, it means different things to different people. But what we are generally talking about is this idea that Bitcoin is the one true coin. All other coins are scams. Nobody should buy anything other than Bitcoin. Nobody should build on anything other than Bitcoin. Uh, you don't need tokens to build your projects. You can just use Bitcoin to build it. And when all is said and done years from now and the dust settles, there will only be Bitcoin left. All, all ye who invested in the other coins, your money will have been removed from you. Uh, your investments will be worth zero and the Bitcoiners will rejoice on a hill dancing on everybody's grave screaming. I told you, I told you have fun staying poor. <laughs> yeah. Now. Okay. So first of all, what I, I know that uh, I mentioned up top that things have been kind of uh, more steady um, since some of the... Uh, From a price perspective, yes. Yeah. Like price since, has been uh, smooth. Yeah, compared to the, uh, the last few weeks. Is there a... Uh, it's been pretty a, rough. One underlying factor that uh, contributes for that, or, or is there a myriad of things that, uh, that go into things just kind of softening out the way they did? It, it, I mean, it's a good question, right? Like, if, if you're just talking about the way markets work, right? It, like, eventually people run out of coins and stuff to, to sell at some point, like, especially after you have these periods of just massive selling, 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 selling on and on and on. Like eventually some of that sell pressure starts becoming exhausted. Um, but if the buyers aren't really excited to step in and, and take price back up, you sort of just, you, you get the price settling in and volatility goes down, right? So volatility is, you know, how much price typically swings up or down in a day or a week. That was a really big number. Uh, coming into the uh, last couple of weeks, but it's, since then it's, it's, it's calmed down. So you're seeing less and less price swing. It's a, almost seems like a little bit of the interest is starting to finally wane out of the market, which kind of happens in crypto eventually. It's just, a, it's just a question right now of, in a lot of people's minds, like what was that the bottom? And now we're going into the boredom phase mm-hmm. and eventually we'll go back up from here. Or is this just the calm before the next storm and we're going to get one more, maybe two more kind of bad, bad things down. Is there uh if you kind of have, 
let's say somebody like um, that's that's somewhat new to uh, this world and has this kind of um, you know up and downness that's kind of occurred in the last month or so. You know, there's probably a lot of reason to, I don't know, panic if you don't have, uh, you know, your feet under you and understand that that is just kind of how the market can go. But what would you what would you tell someone that is maybe leaning towards like, all right, maybe I should kind of cash out and get out before some uh, some swings um, like that could could happen again? Or do you just kind of, you know, recognize that's just kind of how it goes and, um, you know, you just got to be in it to win it? It kind of depends what coins you have. I mean, we're in the phase of the market now where if you got Bitcoin and you got Ethereum and you've been holding it this whole time. It's kind of like, eh, like you're really going to sell now. You're really going to sell now after it's down 75%. Like, yeah, I right. guess it could go down 85%, but it, it also might not. And then it's going to go back up and then you're going to get all mad at yourself. And then you're going to be like, nope, this is a fake rally. I'm not, I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this. And then pretty soon price goes up so high that you go, oh, fuck it, I'm wrong. I'm going back in. And, and then it dumps on you again and you repeat this same cycle. This is what everybody does over and over and over again. Um, at, at this point, if you haven't sold, I, I think it's sort of just like a learning lesson, right? To remember next time things are really, really, really good, right? Everybody's a genius. Everybody's making money. Maybe that's the time to tap yourself on the shoulder and you know remind yourself of the last six months and, and, and take some profits. Right. And if you are a longer term investor and you, you don't care, then you, you don't have to sell ever. It's just the people who bought the wrong coins or they invested with like too much of their, too much of their money that they, they can't lose it. They're, they're, they're the ones who are in pain right now. And the, the solution was to not do that in the first place. Like don't, it's like such a common thing to say. I almost like hate, hate repeating it at this point. Cause it's just, everybody says it, but it's so true. Like don't, buy this crap with money that you can't afford to lose. Cause it, it is as much as I believe in the space, it's, it's not a given that it's all going to be rainbows and sunshine for the next like three or four years. And we're going to go back up very quickly. Speaking of rainbows and sunshine, I'm going to Vegas tomorrow for the weekend. And, um, you know, is, is there a place in the country that is more like heavily, uh, you know, Bitcoin populated? Like it, could I go into a dive bar? Like, the way that you could go into a biker bar and, you know, assume that someone's, you know, there's going to be some bar fight over some guy looking at some guy's girl or some guy stroking his beard, uh, you know, spacing out, but looks in the direction of a guy who, you know, is uh, follically challenged, but takes that personally. You know, there's just certain places where you go, oh, I know that that shit's going down. Is there a larger like you know, crypto Bitcoin community in certain places. Is there a spot I could go in Vegas or am I going to, you know, frequent more people that are probably into it? Vegas, again, like capital of the gambling world strikes me as a place where there'd be more crypto potential per, uh, per square f foot, you know, as far as like, you could probably be waiting in line uh, at the concierge and like probably, I don't know, three out of 10 people. If you just say Bitcoin would turn around. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think the Bitcoin capital of the country right now is probably Miami. Wow. I would take a Why is that? A lot, of, a lot of people were flocking there because uh, during COVID, especially, there was, there, there was a big migration in general of like tech type people 
out of San Francisco to, to kind of to, to, to Texas and Miami. My mayor of Miami was actually very good about very openly embracing Bitcoin mm-hmm. um, to told people to come to Florida, come to Miami, set up shop. We got no state taxes. We're, we're building the new tech hub. So I think a lot of uh, crypto people, especially a lot of Bitcoin people were into that and they, they, they kind of moved there, right? The, the, the other place where you see a lot of crypto people is in, is in Puerto Rico because they're all trying to take advantage of that program where they can shelter their money and pay 2% tax or yeah. whatever stupid thing they're doing there. Good to know. I just didn't want to, you know, stumble up upon uh, some potential new friendships and, and cock block myself <laughs> from really learning uh, anything more. Although, you know, when I got Steve in my uh, disposal, I don't know how I could learn more than I'm possibly learning uh, in the current moment, which brings me to my next question. You're talking about Bitcoin uh, maximalism uh, and what, uh, what it is. Why does it, why does it really matter for current crypto investors and what should they, uh, what should they consider when recognizing Bitcoin maximalism? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so maximalism, I, I think like most things in the world, it, it's not a clean, like good or bad thing. It's not right. good or bad in general. It's not good or bad for an investor. It, it, it is both, right? Bitcoin maximalism does have a good side to it, right? So the, the, the good thing about this philosophy is that it, it, it does prevent newer investors from doing really stupid things mm. with their money, right? If you, right. if you come into crypto and you, just, you join the Bitcoin cult and you believe in the orange coin and all of the other coins are bad, like you, I might think that's a bit of a stupid philosophy and it might make you less money. Um, and Bitcoin might not win in the long run, but in, in the short run for a novice who doesn't really know what they're doing, like it's going to keep you safe. Like that, that mantra of only buy Bitcoin, it'll, it'll prevent you from buying the dog money and it'll prevent you from buying whatever, whatever other stupid, uh, coin people are trying to telling you to buy at the moment. Like the, the space is full of scammers it is full of complete dog shit right like if you throw a, a dart you know at a board with a bunch of coins on it you're you're gonna lose money probably with like 99 out of 100 of them over the next decade so it is like training wheels for a newbie when they come in but the it, where, where it goes bad is that once something becomes like a cult to you once it becomes like a religion you stop like doing any sort of objective thinking, right? You don't consider, am I wrong? Am I wrong about Bitcoin or the Bitcoiners wrong about Bitcoin? If if a new project comes out and it's going to totally revolutionize the world in a way we can't predict today, when that project comes out, like your cult mentality will forbid you from even evaluating it, right? So you might miss the next big thing, right? So that's Mm. where things can kind of go awry to the downside. So if Bitcoin maximalism is not the answer for you, um, what sort of guidance uh, on the market um, should these uh, new investors be taken uh, instead of that? Uh, it, 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 it's sort of like you, you got to wean yourself off of it like a drug, I think. You start right. off as a Bitcoin maximalist. It Why'd you look at me when you, you said that? It's a little cocoon of safety. <laughs> Who am I supposed to look at? Hey man, I dabbled with shrooms twice in the nineties when I was 12 and I've, you know, yeah, did I have a problem with, uh, 
with Flintstone gummies? Yeah, dude. They're uh, they're tasty and they they give you diarrhea and they should put that on the box. I'm sorry, you were saying. <laughs> what was I saying? You were saying uh, uh, <laughs> the question was if Bitcoin maximalism is not the answer. Um, oh, right, right. What perspective yeah. on the market well, should these investors be taking? Yeah, so yeah, the the. the there we go. Yeah. So like I was saying, view it as a, uh, as training wheels, as a protective cushion, protective cocoon for when you first get in, uh, it lets you kind of avoid making any huge mistakes. But then as you, as you learn about the market, as you learn about why do we have Bitcoin maximalism? What is Bitcoin for? What are the things other coins are actually trying to say they're doing better and why you know, why did, can you explain now why they are making that case, right? Like once you start developing that understanding, then you take the training wheels off, right? So like I have a, I have like a semi-maximalist mindset, right? Like I, I do think that Bitcoin for, for what it is doing, like, I don't think there's any other coin that does what Bitcoin is trying to do. And what that is, is sort of to be some like very, uber decentralized, like incorruptible sort of like unit of account, um, store of value, digital commodity, whatever you'll call it. Right. I, I don't think any other coin is even close to doing that. So, so in that sense, I sort of am a maximalist, but I'm not a maximalist in the idea that like, I'm, I'm not really toxic about that. Right. I don't, I don't go mm. online telling people that they're stupid anytime they post about a different coin. And it's, it's very off putting to, to new investors to, to see that. Like, I think new investors come in, they see the Bitcoiners on Twitter and they're like, what the hell is wrong with these people? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to buy this. I want to buy this coin. I'm going to buy the, I'm going to buy Shiba Inu instead right. because it's, it's happy and it's got a dog on it. And that, that, that's fun. Um, so, so, so in that sense, I'm, I'm not a maximalist and, and my mind is open to other possibilities. I do invest in other coins, but I'm very skeptical of them. I, I'm rooted in the maximalism. I'm rooted in the idea that this is probably the coin, right? It probably is going to be the coin, but I have to be open to the idea of, of, of other things um, taking hold. I have to be the, uh, open to the idea that like Ethereum could replace a lot of the purported use cases of Bitcoin, right? And there, there are signs of that there. Like when I, when I objectively look at what coins are doing, like who's using them, right? Like if you look at the fees, the Bitcoin network generates, right? The fees are kind of like a sign of what people are actually in real life willing to pay right. to use your coin, right? If you look at Bitcoin fees versus Ethereum fees, it, it's like not even close. I mean, we're talking factors of 20, 30, 40, 50 times as, as many fees paid, right? And, and when you see that type of thing happening on an ongoing basis, you have to go, okay, am I wrong about this idea that all the projects are going to come back to Bitcoin? Because what I'm seeing in the market, the market is telling me people are building stuff elsewhere. They are building stuff on Ethereum and they are paying money to, to use it. So maybe right. I have to take this maximalist ideology I started with, which has been guiding me as a new investor and just reconsider it in the light of this. Maybe not just completely jump off board and be like, no, I'm out. I'm out Bitcoin. Goodbye. I'm, I'm on this, this latest hot thing. But think like, I might be wrong. And maybe I should allocate a little bit to this, to this thing over here instead. And I have a reason for doing so. 
Well, speaking of bye-bye and jumping ship, I want to introduce a new segment on the show called, <laughs> Oh My God, Steve, Did You Hear This? <clears throat> oh My God, Steve, Did You Hear This? Guys, an article I read this morning published on Bloomberg at 9.30 a.m. July 5th. Coinbase to lay off 18% of workers as crypto winter worsens. I don't know if you heard about this. Core Scientific Inc., a top crypto miner, sold the bulk of its Bitcoin holdings in June as a steep drop in digital assets squeezes finances for even the leaders of the industry. Core Scientific Steven sold 7,202 mine coins for $167 million last month, leading to a 79% drop in Bitcoin holdings on its balance sheet, according to the company's monthly update. Um, the Austin, Texas company now holds 1,959 coins. Crypto miners are struggling to repay debt and complete large purchase orders of expensive mining machines they made during the bull run several months ago. Operational costs have exceeded mining revenue for some miners as Bitcoin had its worst quarter in more than a decade. High-profile crypto blowups are battering the industry, helping contribute to declines in the world's biggest cryptocurrency, which fell below $20,000 last month for the first time since 2020. Mike Levitt, the core scientific's chief executive officer, said, Our industry is enduring tremendous stress as capital markets have weakened. Interest rates are rising and the economy deals with historic inflation. I'm Mike. Steve, <laughs> what do you make of that? That feels like a fucking mayday. Uh, that's like when you're on a jet ski and you're heading towards like, you know, a yacht and you got distracted by, uh, by some people who decided to go, you know, topless or bottomless and, uh, and you're not looking and it's too late before you hit the ship. You got to jump off. What's going on here? Uh, yeah. I mean, what you read there doesn't sound good. Uh, the, the Coinbase thing is, is bad. I definitely heard about that. Uh, obviously, it's not a very bullish shine when you take a big publicly traded company that right. does its entire business in crypto and they lay off like 20% of their workforce because they don't think the market's going to be good anytime in the near future. That's, that's not great. That doesn't make you feel good. Um, and the mining stuff is, is tricky too. Like the, the Bitcoin mining is, is, is a gigantic industry. The miners being the, the people who sort of secure the network in exchange for mining their Bitcoin rewards. And they're these large, like super capital intensive uh, operations. They got to buy all these like um, processors or, or, or I guess they're, they're, they're ASIC cards technically that, that do the mining. They got to make all these investments up front to get these cards and they, they, they don't have a lot of um, liquidity oftentimes. So when the market gets really tight like this, they sometimes get squeezed to the point where they just start dumping a lot of the, the Bitcoin they have on their balance sheets to right. be able to stay in business. And that creates like additional uh, negative sell pressure on the market and can be like really uh, bearish in the, in the short term. Although in the past, like events like this have eventually sort of led to the sort of final capitulation sell off. And eventually you kind of do get to that point where everybody just sort of says, fuck it, they dump and, and eventually there's nobody else to dump. And then, and then nature can heal, you know, we can, can buy some coins at the bottom and and go back up and do the whole fun thing all over again. So you don't, um, an article like that to someone like me reading seems pretty bleak and uh, overwhelming. <laughs> but, um, but I guess just like we've learned in today's app, the, uh, the ups come with the downs. The downs come with the ups. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Um, but it does feel like, it does feel like people are trying to make some 
some bold choices as things, for better or for worse, head towards uh, shit avenue. Um, yeah. And, guess, and on that last point you said, I, I, I guess I would say that um, people should be very careful about making investment decisions in crypto about what they read in a, like a media thing, like a little website like Coindesk or anything else, right? Because media in general is sort of very reactionary to the markets. Like right. markets do something and then they write the headlines. If markets are bearish and then they write the headlines about how markets are bearish and what what ends up happening to you is that, you know, the markets are, the, the, the uh, magazines are always telling you that everything's bullish and everything's going up at the exact point you probably should be selling. And then they end up telling you that everything is completely going to hell. The sky is falling. We're all going to die at the very moment you probably should be buying. So if you use that as your kind of primary director of investment, you, you can get whipsawed kind of badly and consistently do the wrong thing at the wrong time. And that's no fun for anybody. A show like What the Heck is Crypto with myself and Steven is, uh, you know, trying to be at the forefront of helping you guys understand what the fuck you're doing and why you're doing it. But as I see when I just like Google crypto, there's still so many articles that pop out being like Americans still don't understand how Bitcoin works. Will there ever be a time where we just all across the board, you know, understand it and are educated and have just like, you know, where it's second nature? with that, the way that actual, uh, money works, or is this something that's, you know, and we can end on this still going to be for years to come, something that's almost like has a cult following. I think that you will see everybody using this stuff uh, and often people will be using it without even realizing that they're using it. You know, we'll just be using whatever the applications of the future are that kind of get built on the crypto technology. So I think the adoption will be there. I don't think it will remain a semi-niche thing like mm. it is today. Um, but I also don't think people are ever really going to understand how this stuff works. In the same way, nobody really understands how the internet works, but we all use it. And no, nobody understands how the current financial system works, but we all use dollar bills, even, even though we don't know where they come from or, or anything like that. Like most people just don't know. They just, they just use the tech because everybody else is using it. Right. And I think that's how it's going to go in the future with crypto as well. Well, if anyone knows, it's you. And if anyone doesn't know, it's me. And if I've said that once, I've said it. Well, I, did, I just said it once just now. But I'll say it again because it's the truth. And it's why we're doing this show. Okay, well, things to look forward to in next week's app. Um, hopefully we see a bounce back. Hopefully Bitcoin maximalism, uh, maximal, say it for me again. <laughs> maximalism. Hopefully that word gets easier to say. Hopefully people start <laughs> figuring uh, their shit out so that these drops and dips uh, don't keep occurring and, and force, uh, force a full on uh, crash bandicoot, which uh, now is there a Bitcoin video game that people could play to like, get a, a stronger sense of, of what they're doing. I think there's gotta be, you know, aside from our podcast, like a way to dumb this down for people to really get on board. It's almost like, you know, when you're uh, trying to take a cooking class, it's like, well, just do some YouTube tutorial videos first and get like a quick uh, sense of it. Or if you're wanting to play baseball, you know, what do you, before you actually try and embarrass yourself, you're like, let me get a little confidence playing MLB the show on PlayStation, which is not a sponsor of the show, but hopefully it is after that little plug. Is there something like that in the Bitcoin crypto world where you could uh, 
you know, like a, a board game, like a crypto crypto world or like a, super- like a Mavis beacon teaches typing, but for, for Bitcoin. Exactly. It's a good idea. I actually don't think that exists. Well, I mean, so much uh, you can get on that. If you, if you, if you think you're a trader, you can always paper trade, you know, you can sign right. up for some of these exchanges and trade with fake money, which no, nobody does. Everybody loses the real money before they realize that they're bad at trading, but you could, you could turn it into a game if you want and just see how good you are that way. But yeah, I think we gotta uh, we gotta get working on the the Bitcoin educational video game, or maybe just find a way to seep it into like Monopoly, right? That feels like the uh, or the game of life. <laughs> Do people still play the game of life? Probably not, dude. The amount of, I mean, I would love to pull twenty teenagers and be like, "What are you doing? Like, would you?" I mean, they're probably you know it's either YouTube rabbit holes or or Pornhub before they're playing a board game, right? I mean, what kid plays a board game these days? <laughs> nobody I know. Fuck, dude. Yeah, nobody born before 1999. No, born after. I mean, there was there was a girl at my party last night who was born in 2003, and I was I got very sad when I heard that. And that's where we're gonna end it, guys. Hope <laughs> you had a great time. Hope you learned a lot. We'll be back next week for more. What the heck is crypto? the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.